Last week, I threw this idea out to you as we finished the year. We, we, we talked about kind of the things that are upcoming. And I threw this out to you last week. I said, you're going to make a lot of decisions this year. You're going to make decisions for your business. You're going to make decisions for your, your marriages or your kids and uh, your finances. You're going to make all of these decisions. And there's this, there's this misconception that we fall into many times where we go, hey, I have like my life decisions over here. And then I have my spiritual decisions over here. So this is my spiritual life, and this is like my regular life, and these separate decisions, this is what I do for my spiritual life. And this is... But if you were to ask Jesus, if he's walking around and you were to go up to Jesus and you were to say, hey, Jesus, how's your spiritual life? He'd be like, I, what are you talking about, my spiritual life? Because Jesus understood everything is spiritual. There is no business decisions, marriage decisions, spiritual decisions. Every decision is spiritual. Can I get an amen today? And so we, we shared this. If you want this to be your best year, we need to be a people who make it our best year spiritually in the things that we do with God because it just matters. I love what A.W. Tozer says. He said, there will be no manifestation of God to his people apart from earnest seeking, like true devotion in pursuit. You will not experience the manifestation, the, the presence of God, the provision, the hand, the guidance of God on your life, unless we be a people who desperately and purposefully seek him. Are you with me today? So that's why we've put together the things that we've put together for this month and for the rest of the year. You know, a lot of people kind of ask me about my job and what I do. You know, one of the stupidest questions I ever get from people are, um, so I know you only work on Sunday. What do you do the rest of the week? <laughs> Well, I move you to the bottom of the prayer list. That's what I do. <laughs> but spiritual formation would be my answer. We don't actually go around looking for creative things to do. I said this last week. We don't look for entertaining activities for our congregation. The scripture says that it's my job as the pastor to lead the sheep, equip the sheep, prepare the people so that they can walk in what God's called them to walk in. So quickly, I know I did this last week, but quickly I'm going to go over all the things that we put together for January for you, not to entertain you, but to, to spiritually form you and prepare you and equip you for what God has for you this year. Amen. If you haven't seen it, we uh, launched, we do it every single year. We launched our Bible in a year plan. Uh, you could take the time right now, if you'd like, and scan that QR code. It's going to bring you to the vertical church Bible reading plan. So you'll go through the entire Bible in a year. And uh, what's fun about it is you have a bonus day this year. You get to read it 366 days. And uh, yeah, so don't, don't miss that. I hope they have a badge for that in the Version Bible. I hope we get a badge. But in the Version Bible app, if you download that uh, and you follow along, another thing you can do in there, which you should be doing, is you can search Vertical Church. You'll see our logo. And then you can follow your church, Vertical Church, as your home church and keep up with all the different things we put in there. If you do that, you'll find our Read Through the Bible in a Year plan attached right to our church. So join, join it. If we've ever been starved for truth, it's the hour that we're living in right now. And I know some people made the term fake news popular, and, and I'm not here to, to do that, but I am here to say this. There's a lot of fake news out there. There's a lot of hidden truths out there, but can I tell you, there's one truth that will last forever. The scripture says that it will never fade. It will never wither. It will never go away, and that's God's word. And don't you think that that should be something that we have every single day in our life? Amen. So you can do the read through the Bible in a year plan. Another thing that you've stepped into today is our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're seeking God. This is our seek series for 21 days. We're going to be pursuing God. And one of the things that we put in there was a guide, 
a 21-day prayer guide and devotional. So you might be saying, Pastor, I don't know how to fast. I don't know what that looks like. I have no idea where to start or how to do it. My encouragement to you is you can go in the church app or you can go on the website or you can scan that and it's going to bring you up a beautiful PDF. You can save that to your mobile device. You can save that to your computer. You can open that up. And that's going to give you how to prepare for fasting. What does the Bible say about fasting? How long should it fast be? All of the different questions you might have about fasting. It also gives you a goals guide. We went, to, we went and we wrote um, some different categories for you, for your family, your finances, your church life, all of the different things in there. Write some goals for the year. How's God going to lead you? My mentor says this, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. You look back at the end of the year, if you didn't set any goals, guess what you're not going to accomplish? Any goals. And so use that. Go through that and use it and write down some goals. You can print that off, of course, and you can use that all throughout the year. And so that's something that's in there. And then there is a devotion for every single day. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, you just said that we're reading through the Bible every single day. Yes, and on top of that, for 21 days, we're going to get into a devotional. And you say, well, pastor, that sounds like a lot. Can I tell you, you probably have the room. I shared this last week. Last week I shared that, do you know that the average American spends over 40 hours, over 40 hours, I think it's around 46, on entertainment a week. Whether it be you know, listening to the radio or the Netflix you're binging or all the different things that you do. If we're earnest, if we're serious about seeking God, I think we can find the room to read through the Bible and do our devotion. Are you with me? And that's not a pressure thing. I'm just here to say, again, these things, if we commit ourselves to these, I believe, like A.W. Tozer said, we're going to experience that manifest presence of God in our life. Amen. Another thing I'm really committed to is this book right here we just found to be so good. It's called Dangerous Prayers by Pastor Craig Rochelle. Uh, leads one of the largest churches in America. I so much want you to have this and connect with this idea of dangerous prayers that we got this available for you for free out in the lobby. On your way out, you can pick one of these up, take it along. Um, if you read it during 21 days, that's awesome. But if it's just something you do throughout the year, you're going to want to get these truths. It's time for churches to stop praying wimpy prayers. God, I pray that our kids, you sleep good tonight. And God, I pray that you bless this dinner. And God, I pray that the weather and everyone gets home safe. Amen. Christ's like, I died for that. We got school shootings on a weekly basis. People don't even care about the school shootings. They just want to know which side of politics they're going to be on in that shooting. <laughs> we got our number one toddler show on Netflix is injected with LGBTQ theology on the number one show in America. And we're over here praying God bless this breadstick, which he's not going to do anyway. <laughs> Unless you get it from Stromboli. It's already blessed. It's good. It's good. You're fine. Some of you were fasting already. Like, stop talking about breadsticks. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> It's time for the church to start praying dangerous prayers again. So the only thing that I'm asking of you is this. If you're going to pick up this book, please read it. Like, let's be a good steward of the, good, of the church's stewardship and resources. Pick up the book. I want you to have it only if you're going to read it. Okay? Amen? All right. And so that's that. Another thing that we're pressing in on is we are launching starting this Friday night. We're starting what we're calling our upper room sessions. They're not a night of worship. They're not a concert. I don't want you to think you're just, this is a time where we're, we're going up in our second floor sanctuary and we're going to pray and we're going to worship and we're going to have people lead us in prayer. And we're going to go into a time where we're just truly going after God, seeking our country, our world, our hour needs us 
to pursue God in ways like we never have before. I believe the end times isn't, hey, let's watch how bad it gets until God comes and saves us. I believe the end times is God says he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh and we're going to see moves of God, but we have to want it. Are you with me? So these upper room sessions for the three Fridays that we're fasting, we'd love for you to come up. Child care is available for that. And I imagine it's going to be around an hour or so. We'd love for you to come hang and be in that kind of presence. And then we'll finish with a night of worship. We'll break our fast all together right here in this room and, uh, and we'll go after God in a night of worship. And, and as you know, those are incredibly powerful. Amen? So my goal for you and as your pastor is experience God like never before. Let's go from glory to glory, faith to faith. If we're honest, it's, it's too tiring to try to do it on our own anyway. We've all tried to do it by our own hand. Let's let God be the lead this year, amen? But here's the reality. Write this down. Seeking God requires physical action. Too many Christians in their minds agree and believe things, but it never moves into pursuit. I believe in prayer. Prayer is good. Yeah. I believe in worshiping God and putting him first. That's a good idea. But these things need to move to action. They need to move into pursuit. You've heard me give this example before. I could sit here all day long and say, I'd love to learn to play that keyboard. You know what? I'm going to be a keyboard player. I know you guys all know that I can sing, but I really want to learn how to add keyboard playing to that. And so I'm going to learn to play that. I'm going to learn to play that. And so you come to me a couple weeks later and you're like, hey, uh, how's that going? You, you, you're learning to play the keyboard. Did you schedule some lessons? No, I never scheduled lessons. Well, did you buy a keyboard? No, I, I never bought a keyboard. Well, uh, are, you, are you doing anything? Are you been researching, watching some YouTube videos on, on, on how to play the keyboard? No, I didn't do any of that. How many you know I am not at all pursuing how to play a keyboard? Because there's been no physical action. There's been no steps toward learning to play the keyboard. We've got too many Christians that come to church, sit in the seat, and go, I believe in that. I, I, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. But we never make it physical. How I many you know what I'm talking about? We need to be a people of pursuit. I thought about it when it comes to prayer. Scripture says, listen, you have not because you ask not. God's saying, like, hey, when you, when you pray... When you speak it, when you take the time to say it, I can get with your action. But at the end of the year, we look and we go, God, I just, I didn't see where you moved. I didn't see where you did anything. I didn't see, and God's like, I didn't see any prayer. Are you with me today? Prayer requires action. Even our worship, coming into church and our singing and our adoration and our lifting up to God. The scripture says this, that God inhabits the what? Praises of his people. When we come in and we, we, we're, we're physical about it, we sing, we, we let life and death be, uh, the, it's the power of our tongue. When we sing and we declare, something happens. All the way down to communion. Jesus, again, is saying like, hey, communion, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember. But he said this, and it's not that, I just don't want you to just remember. Hey, guys, remember. He said, I want you to do something physical to remember. God is always calling us into this pursuit, into this action, into the step that we take. Yeah. Scripture says about reading his word. We have to physically read God's word because the scripture says this, hey, don't live in a way that you're conformed by this world, but instead transform or renew your mind by what? By the reading, the physical reading reading through the Bible in a year, our 21 day guide. Like these are the ways we actually pursue and seek God. What does God say about generosity, offerings, and tithes? What does it say? It says, God's going to give it to you. But what do we have to do first? 
give. It says, give, and then it will be given to you. Do something in action, and then God does something in action. Give, and it's funny, I used to hate this. It doesn't happen as much anymore because my kids are older, and so I'll just leave the room. But when kids get hurt, and they're rolling around on the ground, and then you come over to them, and they're like, ah, oh, dad, dad, ah. Oh. And then you come over to them, and you try to help them, like, don't touch it, don't touch me, don't touch We do that to God with our finances. We go, oh, God, God, I'm hurting in my finances. I'm finished. And God's like, hey, let me come in. You, you got to let me get my hands on it. So people are like, God bless me. God bless my business. God bless this. And God's like, all right, let me get my hands on your finances. Tithe. Give an offering. Be generous. Give me some. And then we go, no, God, don't touch it. Stay out of my money. God's like, no, I want to help. I do want to bless. You guys didn't come here for this today. <laughs> and we're going like, don't touch it. This is mine. I... And we're screaming and we're crying. Are you with me today? Give and it shall be given. Generosity. Same thing with serving. God's like, hey, you want to be a leader? You, you want to be first? You want to have influence? In... Those who are last will be first. Be a people who serve. Why do you think the Great Commission starts like this? Go. It's action. Evangelism is action. God is saying like, hey, if you're going to seek, if we're going to do this, we have to be a people of action. For Moses to see the miraculous of God, how I many know at one point he had to be obedient and throw down his staff that we know is transformed. We know for David to take out Goliath, he had to at one point go gather five smooth stones. It took action. We know Abram, he had to go over to the new land that God called him to. We know that Joshua had to march around Jericho. We know that Esther went on a fast so that she could be freeing of her people. These are all actionable things that God's people did. It requires true pursuit on our end. Can I get amen today? But Matthew 6, the very famous thing, it, the scripture, it gives us this promise though. This is a promise of God. It says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And then this is the key. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Scripture saying, don't worry about worrying in tomorrow. Scripture says, worry about seeking God. I know that's the wrong way to say it. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't stress about all those things. Spend your energy on seeking God, pursuing him, and all those other things take care of themselves. And that's why we seek. The definition of seek is this. It's to aim at, ask for, request, or attempt to discover. That's our heart toward God right now. God, we are aiming at you, asking for you, requesting, and we're attempting to discover you this year. I love it. This, it says it's characterized by advancing from an intense or serious state of mind. This is how you can characterize when somebody is seeking after God. That's what the scripture says. It's when they are intense at seeking after him. So have you ever lost like your phone? You know, you ever lost your phone or you lost your keys, right? And you're like, I gotta find it. I gotta find it. And then the kids come up, mom, can I have a snack? You're like, shh, I'm trying to find my phone. I'm trying to find my keys. I'm trying to find my thing. So what you're doing is you're pushing away what? 
all distractions. That's how God is calling us to seek after him right now. You're resolutely seeking and pursuing. Are you with me today? I thought about this. When you see a person with a great relationship with God, do you know that that wasn't just thrown to them? That was built by seeking and pursuing God. My brother, you guys know I have a brother. He's two years younger than me. Um, He's the idiot, right? I talk about him being the idiot. (laughs) Somehow, some way, He's preaching today at a church in Allendale. <laughs> this is a brother's way of honoring him. But do you know what people are going to say about him today? He's going to get done preaching and they're going to say this. They're going to say, well, of course he can preach. His brother's a preacher. He grew up in church. His parents were in the ministry. Of course he's able to do that. No, 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 no. What people don't see is the hundreds of books that he read to get into that place. The thousands of minutes that he spent preparing himself for that moment. The tens of thousands of mental minutes that go into preparing himself to be ready for a pulpit. Are you with me today? And people are going to say, well, that's just, he got that just because this. No, 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 no. Incredible relationships with God. You want to be someone who's great in the kingdom of God? You have to be somebody who builds that in your life. You can't just come to church and hope that the the residue of worship gets on you and that's good enough and the sermon gets on you and that's good enough. It's something we got to build in our homes. Are you with me today? You don't stumble upon a great relationship with God. You build it and it comes through seeking. Psalm 910 says this, those who know your name trust in you for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Think about that. What an amazing thing to to wake up every day and think this. If I seek God today, his promises are that I won't be forsaken today. I might not be able to figure out everything that's happening today, but I know that I got this, that God's not going to forsake me today because I'm a person who seeks him. Are you with me? So why January? Why do we pick January? What's so significant? Why don't we fast in July? Why don't we fast in, what's the purpose of January? Well, January is important because it's the first and what God does, what, what we do with the first, God pays extra attention to. It's called the law of the first things. Anything that you do with your first is important to God. Anytime something is mentioned or happens for the first time, it has great significance to God. God calls the first thing the devoted thing. Meaning what we do with our first is what, what we do with our first is the thing that belongs to God. First thing is the thing that belongs to God. All throughout scripture, you see this theme. You see in scripture when they're talking about the first of your increase. So you, you receive the scripture all throughout scripture. There's mention of what happens with the first of your increase. We see all throughout scripture, the firstborn child is mentioned all through the lineages, the firstborn. And then there was the firstborn. And we also see all the way down to the animals. There was calls and requirements and actions to be had with the firstborn of even animals. We see in scripture that our first time sexually matters to God. It's important to God. Why? Because what we do with our first, if devoted to God, God sees it as a total devotion. So when you give of the first of your increase, God has now seen all of your increase devoted to him and he can bless it. When you save yourself for marriage, young people, and you give that to your spouse, but you're giving it to God first, God devotes your entire marriage is blessed because we give to him first. Our first matters. Can I get an amen today? 
The first of anything represents a total. And I know you could argue with me about why church is on Sunday, but the reason for us and for many that church falls on Sunday is because it's the first of the week. Now, many of you Bible scholars would say, well, actually, they worshiped on Saturdays. Well, that's because they didn't have football yet, and they wanted to be right with the Lord before their team played. They moved it to Sunday. But Sunday, it's our first. It's like God being like this, like, hey, I know you have a week. I know you got soccer. I know you got gymnastics. I know you got dance. I know you got basketball, football. I know you got all these things this week. Let's make sure we start that off right by devoting our first Sunday morning. That's why Sunday is so important. I know you can watch online. I know you can do all those kind of things. But coming in and saying, God, I'm giving you my true first of the week so that the rest of my week is devoted to you. It's so important. Are you with me today? So what we do with our first, God blesses the rest. We can find that from Romans eleven sixteen in the New King James. It says, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Like what we do with the first creates what happens with all of the rest. So if our first falls into entertainment, in our career, and if we make all of those things our first, I mean, you know, the branches that come out of that are not devoted and they are not as blessed. Are you with me today? Psalm 104 or Psalm 104 says this, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. This is a person who's like, I don't have time to seek God. Pastor, you're talking about praying and fasting, and you're talking about like devotionals and read through the Bible in the year. Bro, I got a job. I got a career. I got stuff to do. You know what that is? That's a wicked man who doesn't seek God. That's a prideful person who's saying, no, 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 my things in my life are too important. I got too much going to seek God. And scripture says, in his thoughts, there are no room for God. We see the King Uzziah, King Uzziah, he was, the scripture says that he did right in the eyes of the Lord. This king, the scripture says about him that he did right in the eyes of the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 26, verse 5, says this, he sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him to fear God, the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. But we jump about 11 verses later, and it says, But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall, and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. There was a direct connection between his downfall and his stopping of seeking God. How many are with me today? We have to pursue, pursue, pursue. I thought about it like this. As long as he sought the Lord, he was strong. When he relied on himself, he had a downfall. That's why you can say it this way. When we're weak with God, temptation is strong. When we are strong with God, our temptations are weak. Fasting is not just about skipping food. 21 days of prayer fasting is not just about a little church collection that we all come together. It's about saying, God, we want to be strong in you so that the things of the world seem weak to us. All throughout scripture, you can find fasting. Fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, I'd also throw in there, it may not be food for you. It could be social media. It could be other sorts of sort of non 
dangerous, if you will, addictions. I remember I was preaching on fasting one time and someone came up to me and said, Pastor, I really, gaming is a big deal for me. I really want to fast gaming. I really want to be done with gaming. It takes up so much of my time. But if I fast gaming for 21 days, my farm's going to (laughs) die. And I was like, I was like, that sounds like bondage, right? But I mean, think about that. Like that person's life was like, I can't do that. My fake farm will die. <laughs> and, and we all have our different things. But there might be some of those kind of addictions that really have a grip on your life. So you're fasting maybe food. You're fasting maybe uh, social media, entertainment, all these different activities. But you go to God and decide what those are. But fasting is important and it's all throughout scripture. We see in Matthew, there's this demon-possessed son. And the scripture says that just a few passages before in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus had just given the disciples all authority. He says, hey, I've given you all authority. You can cast out demons. You can heal people. All these things. He gives that to them in Matthew chapter 10. But then in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, we see this interesting story. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, so they can't cast out this demon. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mu- of, of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Then he drops this bomb on there. However... This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Weird that we might say, ah, fasting, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, but I don't do fasting. Weird that Jesus himself said, hey, there may need to be some times and some things and some seasons in your life where you need prayer and fasting combined to get the breakthrough. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 16, he says, when you pray, Meaning, as a Christian, fasting is supposed to be a part of your life. Prayer and fasting and going to God and giving up and pushing away some distractions. Those things right there are supposed to be a part of Christian living. Can I get an amen? Jesus modeled it through all of scripture. He modeled fasting. We saw that Jesus fasted 40 days. We saw that Moses was on a 40-day fast when he got the Ten Commandments. We see that Esther called for a fast and it delivered all of her people. We see that Hannah was unable to have children, but then she had Samuel because of the result of a fast. There's all different types of fasting throughout scripture. Jesus, as I mentioned, Joshua, Moses, they all fasted 40 days. Daniel went on a 21-day prayer and fasting. Paul, Peter went on a three-day. And so there's fasting all throughout scripture. I'll close with this. If it's all over scripture, how much more so should it be all over our life? 21 days at the beginning of the year, I think is a really important time, but that's not the only time. There's many times throughout the year where people call us and they say, hey, we're going through this. We got this struggle. We got this thing. We say, hey, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. But you know what we should also do? How about we all go on a fast? It's not 21 days all the time. I just mentioned, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's whatever. Some people pick specific things for a whole year. God, I'm, I'm just, I'm giving up putting the kids to bed at night for the whole year. <laughs> just feel like I need to surrender that time. But maybe there's a thing that you can give up all year. Maybe there's just a stronghold that just for years and years, you haven't been able to break. You've read all the self-help books. You've listened to all the podcasts. You've done all the things. Maybe it's fasting this year that's going to break that thing off your life. Here's what's awesome about fasting is When you go on a fast, think about this. The entire time you're on a fast, 
that entire duration becomes constant worship. So we come in and we sing four songs and, and we worship for 30 minutes. That's worship. That's cool. That's powerful. But the entire time you're on a fast, your physical body is in a state of worship. That's powerful. And also think about this. Millions of Christians all over the world at this time of the year are fasting right now, kicking off fasts. So when you join on a fast, you're joining millions of Christians. Do you know that Psalm 133 says that when God's people are in unity, there is a commanded blessing on them. So like you have a guarantee when you join in on this fast that heaven is commanding a blessing on your life because you're in unity. Scripture says this, that how good and pleasant it is when God's people are what? In unity, joining together in prayer and fasting. It's such an amazing thing. Fasting is about separation from just the junk of the world, the distractions, the thoughts, the ads, all of the different expectation. Fasting separates all of that so that God can step in and be that. Amen? A couple nuggets here. If not combined with word and prayer, then you're just on a diet. We have to do the other pieces. Are you with me? And then here's the hardest part. If it doesn't cost you something, then it doesn't mean anything. And if it doesn't mean anything, then it doesn't mean anything to God. God, I just, this year, 21 days, Brussels sprouts, I'm laying them down. Well, I don't mean eat Brussels sprouts because I'm smart. <laughs> One time my wife made Brussels sprouts and we had a 40 minute car drive and she put those Brussels sprouts in the car with us. And we were two minutes down the road. I pulled that truck over and I said, both of you in the pickup, in the back. The truck bed, Brussels sprout, no. But it's not going to matter much. If I give up Brussels sprouts, that's not a sacrifice. What's going to cost you? What's going what's gonna, to what's gonna hit your flesh every single day? Sugar, coffee, sports, sports radio, entertainment, Netflix, Facebook, the fake farm. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but if it costs you nothing, it accomplishes nothing. And if it means nothing to you, then it means nothing to God. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the season that you're calling us into where we can draw near to you, get closer to you. God, we want that. We want to pursue you, lock in, go after you. God, I just pray for every person hearing these words. God, I pray that you give them the strength, the courage, the boldness to join this fast to put away the distractions, to separate themselves from the things that may be holding them back from you. Lord, I thank you that you're with them. You're walking with them. You're empowering them to do it. And Lord, I thank you for the experience they're going to have in advance. In Jesus' name, amen.